Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. My advice for you, if you're just obviously starting to listen to this one, is grab yourself a cup of tea or a bottle of beer or a glass of wine, maybe a dessert or a packet of crisps, um, because it's a long one. It This is a very, very long one. We're right in the middle of the club championships, just uh, about to start with the senior championship this weekend. And we have last weekend's action in the McAvoy Super Value Intermediate Championship. Um, we have to look back over all that action. So we're going to be looking back over that action. We're going to be also revealing our Kiko Sports Team of the Week. We'll be also revealing our DT1 Menswear Week 1 Top Scorer. We'll also have our Cavan Crystal Hotel Player of the Week revealed on the podcast. And if that's not enough for you, we will be bringing you John Hyland from Clubspot, who is going to be explaining about the ticketless, um, or sorry, the cashless entry to all the games and how it, how simple it is to go download the app and get the uh, get the tickets. And even if you don't have a smartphone, um, you can still get a ticket for the game, um, which is, look, it's very, very simple. So we'll hear from John, John Hyland a little bit later on. As always, I'm joined by the sports editor of the Anglo Celt, Paul Fitzpatrick. Um, Paul, Busy couple of days there getting all this work done to get the, the paper filled with 14 match reports, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, all of, every match is covered in, in this week's paper. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be one of these sort of needy journalists now who goes around telling people to buy a paper. I always think when I see a journal on Twitter using a hashtag, buy a paper, I feel like saying, you know, you don't see car salesmen with a hashtag, buy a car. Buy a paper, buy a paper if you want to. <laughs> we're not going to beg if it's worth if it's worth selling people would buy it so uh, yeah well with 14 match reports I think and and, and their championship matches I think it's worth buying it's yeah. no no different than subscribing to the Die Hards podcast over on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin see the way I work that in lovely it's it's well worth it a fiver a month for all of the content you can uh, put through your eardrums um, okay we'll start off with so uh, just before you go ahead, Damien, what sort of content is that on, on the Patreon service? If if you want anything to do with the GAA, Gaelic, Gaelic Games in Cavan, the, the Die Hards podcast is the place to go because at the moment we're bringing you four podcasts a week. Um, Sorry, five podcasts, including Ladies Football. Six podcasts, if you include the Cavan Lives, which this week is Rory McKernan from Coot Hill. Um, so you get... All of your GEA content, you get your Cavan Lives podcasts, which are basically interviews with with Cavan people who are living a life a bit out of the ordinary. Um, so you've got all your ladies football covered, Camogie covered, 
everything you could possibly need in 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 Cavan GAA plus that Cavan Lives podcast all for five or a month. Sure. It's not two cups of coffee. That's that's unreal. And and do you preview the games like or what way does that work? But Paul, I I, I know that you're new to the game, so I I I'll go through. Basically, what we do during the club championship is we review all of the games that happened the previous week. And then towards the end of the week, we preview all of the games that are about to happen at the weekend. So, yeah, you've got your reviews, you've got your previews, you've got the on rant. I have a guy that comes on with me and, and he can be quite grumpy sometimes. So we have him on as well. Um, But look, it's well worth a fiver. If you can get that, you can get that anywhere. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just head on over. The easiest place is to head on over to patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Ah, there you go. Oh, I might <laughs> try that now then. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, we 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 keep on moving. We, do you know what? We we start off with our review of the um the McAvoy Super Value, uh, Virginia Intermediate Football Championship, and uh, looking back, I want to just bring up our predictions because Paul, I was slagging you over in the Diehards podcast. I'm I'm revealing who the grumpy person is. I'm sorry. I was slagging <laughs> you over in the Diehards podcast, um, about beating you in the predictions. You've absolutely annihilated me in these intermediate predictions. In fact, you were flawless. Seven out of seven. Inclu- including a draw. Including a draw. That is a, that's, a, that's pretty good now. That, I don't think I've ever done that before. Yeah, no, I have to say really, really good. We'll start off looking back over the weekend's action. Cornerfain against Ballamacue. Cornerfain coming away with a victory here, finishing with five points to spare. But all of those five points came in injury time and all came from one player. Yeah, this I went out to this game Friday evening in Mullahorn. Um, really enjoyable game. I didn't think the standard was crazily high. Um, if someone had told me this is the top end of junior rather than the bottom end of intermediate, uh, probably wouldn't have argued with it. But I suppose both teams could only play what was in front of them. Uh, first game of the championship, a little bit of nerves. It was very high scoring. It was it was eleven ten at half time. We said last week on the podcast having having analysed the scores the corner fan were putting up in the league that even on a bad day for their forward line they were putting up 12 points that was yeah. their bad day and we like we, we compared that to was it Bally McHugh who on their bad days they put up four points a couple of times they put up one four another time so in the you, entire game yeah in the entire game so you were always confident that corner fan were going to even if they, they had a bad day at the office up front that they were going to score free pretty freely they're going to put up a tally that would win a lot of games that's exactly what they did they finished with 218 so that's phenomenally good score and it goes to show we've a very wide sample of games now and we can say with a lot of confidence that Cornerfane are a really good attacking outfit in Division 2 and Intermediate Championship level there are loads of players there that can, that can score and in the end up I suppose they just managed to, they just sort of outscored Bally McHugh they didn't outplay them I, I know I don't want to sound harsh on the Reds great win first day out but someone said to me coming out um, did the better team win and he answered his own question and said, no, there was no better team, but there was a team that scored more. Now, I, I think Cornerfane deserved it, but, I mean, it was so tight for so long that the, the scoreline was very harsh on Bally McHugh. Um, now, I don't think Bally McHugh deserved to win the game either. Maybe a draw was a fair result, which sounds like a like a harsh thing to say in a five-point game, but there were, there were level seven times. The lead changed hands eight times in the game, so that paints wow. a picture for you. It was a really closely contested game. Um and it was enjoyable and it was it was you know reasonably free flow and um there was a, one thing that was very noticeable noticeable about the game was there was a huge amount of blocks in it which i think tend to think is indicative of sloppy play because you shouldn't be getting blocked i know it's great defending but you shouldn't be getting blocked during that 
that often. And there was there could have been twelve blocks in in the match, like which is I was imagine is higher than usual. And you were seeing them at both ends of the field. Um, but I fully enjoyed it and some great performances, individual performances, particularly among the forwards. Peter Doyle comes off the bench, scores one three, one two, coming in injury time when the sides were level going into injury time. Exactly, yeah. So half time, Corner Fame were winning 11 10. Like, as I said, the, the lead kept flip flopping. Nobody was able to really establish any dominance. And it was one team would go two up, the other team would go two up, the other team would go two up. So to get a run of two to three points, they weren't able to, to kick off from there. And that was the case right through um, right through the, the first three quarters of the game. And then a li- there was a little bit of of uh, daylight between the teams. And it was Bally McHugh who, who actually carved out that bit of a lead because. Um, they were one sixteen to one fourteen ahead with five minutes to go, and they were, they were in the box seat. So that came from a goal. So, um, to, to run you quickly through the run of the scores in the second half, it, as I said, it was eleven nine, and then Mark Kieran, who, who had a brilliant game for for Ballymacue, was exceptional. Uh, he made it eleven ten. Coming up to the start of the or at the start of the second half, a free from Mark Kieran again tied the game, and then. Corner face struck for the first goal. Jason Miney squared the ball. James McGarren at the back post punches it to the net. And you start to think, okay, that's a huge score here in, in a really tight game. M- might they kick on? Bally McHugh stuck stuck with it. Mark Heron uh, pointed under pressure. Then a, a beautiful strike by by uh, Shane Tynan. I think he got the ball from, from Peter Devine. He was on he was just on the 45 and he would hardly any backlift. He just managed to stroke it over over the bar. It was a, it was a lovely score. Um and that's the way it stayed sort of uh, cancelling each other out uh, next thing Dylan Kieran, who'd always be a starter for Bally McHugh but he's got a few injuries he's only fit to come on but he had great pace um, tore off around the outside squared the ball at Killian Smith got the deftest of touches on it and put it at the roof of the net now opinion was split among the people I was standing around but did Killian get a, get a touch on it or not but it looked like possibly Dylan's hand pass had gone all the way across the goal and into the roof of the net it must have been the lightest of touches. The referee was Barry McMenamin. and he consulted with his umpires and awarded the goal. Um, both teams had wides then. Then Devine gets that gets a lovely point and it's 116 to 114 and Bally McHugh really had the game in their grasp. That's where uh, corner fame were really impressive. Like to sum it up that big finish. Poor enough defender from Bally McHugh created the first opportunity for Peter Doyle who was wearing 27 which was Cormac Gagan in the programme and I knew it wasn't Cormac Gagan. I had to had to uh, seek out on Twitter afterwards who who was 27 uh, which lucky enough I did because he, he it wasn't just getting the subs name wrong he was the match winner uh, Jack Wharton laid off for Peter who who pointed uh, then he gets a short free from Barry Doyle and sends over a lovely point the kick out then again another short kick out goes away and that was the, that was the change in the game Connor Sheridan and Jack Wharton were involved in it got the ball to Peter Doyle he pounds it to the net and that was it corner fame were all over them at that stage Um. Dean Kilkenny on the 40, who's an absolute rocket. He's he's a real flyer. Um, he fired over a point off the left foot and then he, he kicked a really good mark then just straight after that. So the sort of one going away, harsh on Bally McHugh because you know what? You'd look at it and go, well, Corner Fame were a fitter team. But actually, Bally McHugh won in the midst of that scoring spree by Corner Fame at the end. Bally McHugh won three kick outs. Buchanan won a couple. He had some great big high fetches in the midfield. Mark Hearn won one. So they actually were winning possession. They were still showing up but they couldn't make a count. And uh, I was impressed with Corner Fair now. They're in a winning habit this season. And uh, that was a tricky game against Bally McHugh, who had the benefit of those two extra games against Trungoon as well. Um, 
I thought Barry Doyle, the player we often talk about here, you were saying, Damien, that the the scoring board has been taken off Barry, but he came up with three points in a row at the end of the first half and there were quality scores. Um, he finished with four points from play. So, like, uh, still a huge scoring threat there. Obviously, Peter Doyle came on and got 1-3. David Egan deserves a mention. He scored four points, uh, three from play in the first half. He was playing really well. Uh, Kilkenny, as I said, James McGarren got 1-1. Mark Johnston came up from defence and got a point. Uh, Jason Miney had a super game. The two cornerbacks, I thought, contributed well going forward. That was uh, Ronan Trainer and Shane Doyle. Uh, on the Ballybecue team, Buchanan was a uh, big man in every sense of the word and around the middle, some huge fetches, scored a point early on. Um, they were rotating him in and out of the full forward line. Mark Kiernan was their best player, I felt. Uh, he was brilliant, brilliant free. He scored six points, four from play. Great um, free taking, great in the air. Just, just an, I, I really like him. I think he's a class footballer. Mm. Um, Shane Tynan, like he, he's light. He's like a lot of left footers. Like he's very comfortable on the left. And you don't get to see him kicking with the right much, like a lot of lefties. Uh, but he looks to have a lot of talent. It's going to be fascinating to see how far he can go now because he's a young fella there stepping up six points. Uh, Peter Devine got a point. Killian Smith uh, was lined out 15. He got one too. So, uh, There's a yeah. lot of scoring power in that Ballamy Q side. There is, there is as well, yeah. There is. And the, the one thing about Shane Tynan, I'd say, is that he's capable of the exceptional. You know, that he can do things that... that Nobody else can probably do. It's just, can he do them often enough? And then can he continue to contribute throughout the rest of the game? For a young fella, it's going to take him time to get to that point. But um, now there's, there's, Ballamacue will be disappointed, but scoring 116 is, is a good start. You know, they'll, we'll be previewing the games for the weekend ahead. Yeah. Um, they, they have Shercock. They'll see that as a winnable game. Corner fan have got a tough draw against Ballyhays but again they, they won't be afraid of that one either so no, not considering last year okay well done Corner Fane second game of the weekend was Shercock uh, against their neighbours um, Drumgoon it was the McGovern Brothers derby Andy being over the Shercock side and Stephen over the Drumgoon side Shercock came away with a three point victory here 13 points to 10 um, we both went for Shercock we both went for Corner Fane um, so how did this pan out, Niall Clerken, I think, was was pretty good for Shercock. Yeah, Niall Clerken had five points. Uh, I think four of those came from play. Killian Clark had five points, uh, including a brilliant free at the end of the game. He had a 45 in there as well, Killian, and he, he had a brilliant free from the wing at the end of the game, which is one of the highlights. Ryan Clerken had two points, and Sean Clark had one. So familiar names, if we were asked the name who put together the 13 for Shercock, I think they probably would have been the four names at the top of the list alongside Morrissey. Um, yeah. And the Drumgoon team... Uh, they got 10 points Conor Minor got 3 I think they all came in the second half he really put a stamp on the game Keith Fannin with 3 2 of those frees uh, Shane Smith got 2 points as well and Dean Carroll got 2 frees so I suppose the big talk about is that, that Shercock are down a lot of bodies now they weren't down they're down Brian Sankey obviously Brian's gone to, to work in Dubai um, and he's a huge loss like he's just been there the rock of their team for years and years mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to be losing more because Corey Smith, obviously he's on, he's, uh, or sorry, Aaron Smith, Corey Smith was the, the Drugu goalie. Aaron Smith's a class goalkeeper. He's on a soccer scholarship in America and was home and he's some issue with his flight, but he, so his return was delayed and so they had him for that game, but they're not going to have Aaron, I don't think, for, for the remainder of games. Uh, Ryan Clerken is going to be going overseas soon as well. Uh, Shane Clark, the same. Damian McIntyre has done his cruise shit. So Shercock are down maybe five starters. 
for yeah. coming into the remainder of the games here. Um, so it was a huge thing for them to get that first win because I think last week we were bigging up Shercock, uh, or you were bigging up Shercock. I was. But, I but was. In, fair, in fairness, with good reason, but you take out five starters out of the team, um, I think they'd be happy to consolidate maybe. Um, although we won't win under their belt, uh, maybe they'll be, they'll be looking up or not down. But yeah, it was a close game this one all through. It was 7-4 to Shercock at halftime. Uh, there was a great save in there by Corey Smith as well from from uh, a pile driver from Owen Morrissey. Uh, Daniel Clark had played a long ball in to Sean. It was broken down by Sean Clark. Um, so yeah, the players who I mentioned were all were all um, contributing well on the on the scoreboard. Connor Miner then put a stamp in the game. He, he got two monster. He it was three points. Two of them were huge long range points. So that had the the Jim Green crowd in full voice. Uh, a four point from player from Niall Clark and uh, Ed Sharkook back in front. Sharkook then lost Daniel Clark for ten minutes to a black card. Shane Smith pulls on back. So it was very close. Sharkook getting plenty of men back, forcing Jim Green to shoot from distance. They did get a couple of shots away, but they both tailed off. Then Dungoon lost the man when Darren Lavery went off. Um so that was it. It's it, uh Petered out. Petered out, Shercock closed it out. Um Dungoon pushed hard at the end. It was a high ball in, well fielded by Killian Clark. Aaron Smith cleared the danger. And then right at the end, it was a two point game, twelve ten, and both teams were still on edge, but there was a foul along the sideline and uh Killian Clark fired over one of the best scores of the day into the wind and that left a thirteen ten. So Local derby and local bragging rights go to Shercock in this one, Damien. Yeah, good win for Shercock. Well done. Um, okay, then the third game was Kilishandra against then it was in Balanya, uh, GA grounds on Saturday afternoon. Then coming away with a very convincing victory here, um, with 20 points to spare, uh, 318 to seven points, and it was it was pretty much uh one way traffic from from almost the start of it um then we're then 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 we're out, out to a four point or sorry three point advantage after 10 minutes it was a slow enough start to the game sorry wrong d here we go sorry then we're actually four points advantage after three minutes they got a goal from the throw in um Thomas said we're Donahue and Sean Donahue combined into set up Cavell Kyogen for a palm into the back of the net. Then Ben Connolly with a point um, gave it, made it 1 1 to no score. Tomas O'Reilly scored a really good point for Kilishandra. Um, on the left foot, running at pace, um, cutting in from the, the left side. But then it was two more points for then from Thomas Edward Donahue. Fisting the ball over the bar when he, in my opinion, when he should have went for a goal. Um, Oshin Cairn and then sent over a point coming off the shoulder of, of Sean Donahue again who was very very busy Oshin Cairn had an exceptionally good game Darren O'Hanlon then sent over a point for Kilishandra that was their second point on the ninth minute reducing the gap to four points Thomas Edward Donahue and Key and Sweeney then uh, traded points once again Thomas Edward Donahue with a, a goal chance went and took the point when I really would have loved to see him stick the ball over the bar. Um, he hit a, his third point this time going for a goal, but the the shot just rose over the bar as well after a good pass by by Kyogen. Um, then it was just a run of scores for then Sean Donahue, Ben Connerty, Ted, all hitting points. Dara Riley pulled a free back, um, for Kilishandra. Then Sean Donahue added a second one after a really good patient build-up by then two points in a row for Kilishandra before half-time. Um, 
brought it back to a six-point game, but a Thomas Edward Donahue point um, after a really good kick out. So Mark Fagan picked out Ushin Kiernan, who rose highest, flicked the ball down to James Brady, who was on the run at speed out on the far wing in in front of the, the little AstroTurf pitch in Balignan, and then working it up to the inside line where Ted finished the ball over the bar. So it was 110 to six points at halftime in favour of Den. And then any chance of Kilisandro's comeback was was completely put out of sight in the first quarter of the second half. Sean Donahue would appoint um a really a really good point by Sean Donahue on the outside of his right boot. Cavell Kyogen hit three in a row, uh, one on the left foot, two on the right. Then it was a goal by Killon McCabe. So coming off the uh the Kilisandra kick out. Joe Masterson's kick out was won by Kaelan McCabe. He gathered it, passed it forward, and then got on the end of the move for Sean Donahue to palm it, uh, or to send it across the goal for Kaelan McCabe to finish it to the back of the net. So from that point, it was pretty much all um, then. There was one point for Kilisandra in the second half in total. It came from the corner forward, uh, Jude Collins. That was a free on the 18th minute. The remainder of the game then was all... Uh, then Thomas Edward Donahue with three points, Cavell Kyogen with two, one of them including, uh, or one of them being a 45. Um, and then Sean Donahue with an attacking mark. Actually, sorry, Thomas Edward Donahue had a goal um, with the last uh, score of the game for then it was really good work again by Ushin Kiernan to create the goal for, for Ted. And then something happened, and I'm going to continue to highlight this until the next game is coming up, but um, Kieran McCarville with the very first free of the game that that um, was taken, he he laid down the marker for, for all free takers. That's where the free is going to be taken from and don't go past it. And to be fair, the, the free takers adapted fairly quick, but with the last free of the game, Thomas Edward Donahue, maybe 20 metres out, straight in front of the goal, stole three, four, five yards and McCarville cancelled the point, brought the ball out and threw it up. And I thought to myself, well, do you know what? I can't remember the last time I've seen that done by a referee, but it deserves praise because it needs to be done. It, it was, it, it, it's gone to ridiculous areas now where frees are nowhere near from where the foul occurred. So um, particularly scorable frees anyway. So I was delighted to see Kieran McCarville putting a stamp onto that. I think he deserves credit and mentioned was every was every other free in the game taken from the same place, from the right place. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they were because I was I was watching them after, and it was very clear he had it, it happened to be Thomas Edward Donahue, um, with the first one, and he was very clearly stating, "Don't go past that point now. You know, it doesn't matter what you do, everything has to be behind that point, and the kick must be on that." You could you could see him communicating it, and then after that. To be fair, there wasn't a huge amount of frees actually in the game. Um, I'm just looking. Kilishandra hit three frees, but um, midfielder Ryan Brady hit them off the ground, so you can't steal yards on 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 them off the ground at all. Um, the rest of them, to to the best of my knowledge, they were taken. There was nothing noticeable about them being ahead of where the where the fire occurred anyway. So. Ted Ted is definitely a good man to steal a few yards because he Ted takes a double run up. Uh, yeah. He he takes a run up, he stops and takes another run up. So he 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 steals quite a few yards. But it's amazing, Damien. If you remember about ten about ten to twelve years ago, they brought in a rule in Cavan that 
that uh, in underage football that frees from the ground award two points. And I, I remember right. Stephen Smith scoring a free from the ground, which is worth two to win an under fourteen final at one stage. And I remember thinking we're going to have an absolute uh, assortment of brilliant free takers now. Every club's going to have one or two now because they're all going to have to learn this because it's so advantageous to score free from the ground now. Just you mentioned there Ryan Brady from Kilachander taking free from the ground. That's a major exception at the minute. Well, do you know why? Because players are stealing yards. Because players are stealing yards. What's the point in taking it from the ground and adding five yards to your kick when you can take it from your hands and steal those five yards? Mm. I, I I think that experiment at on the ridge actually did produce good kickers off the ground. Like they're they like Kevell Kogan hits over forty five there. Ryan Brady hits mm. uh, yeah. Hits a lot of players seem to be able to kick forty fives, and yet they don't take your your average thirty. 35, 40 meter free. So maybe you're on something there. Yeah, I, th- I I think that that is part of it. There's no advantage in, in kicking it from the ground at adult level because you're you're going to have to kick it from the exact mark and referees aren't enforcing the rule of where the free must be taken from. So a right, question for you, Damien. Yeah. These these championships are a riddle, which we have to solve. We've been yeah. given the first clue after the first round of games. Can you rule out Kilishander from winning the intermediate championship? I won't be insulting anybody by saying, yeah, you can definitely rule out. Can we rule out Trungoon from winning the Intermediate Championship? Looking at their results the last few years, in 2018, they were ninth in the group. 2019, they got through to a quarterfinal and let in five goals, I think, against Beltorben in 2019. 2020, they didn't win a game in the group. Last year, they won two games. Um and we're actually very competitive last year. They beat Temple Ford and the Druids from Lane. Uh, and Rand Bailey were very close as well. But in general, they have struggled to make quarterfinals. We're not going to say, I don't think Trungoon are going to make the leap from losing the first round to actually win the championship, having not been making quarters that often. I think we can rule out Trungoon. Can, can we rule out then? That's the question I want to ask you. I haven't seen them. From winning it out, yeah. And 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 it's it's not an absolute confident yet, but I I don't see them beating. I don't see them beating a lot of the the, the top teams. You know, I had it, a look earlier. The team that that they put out that played uh, Guinea Gilla from Kerry in the All Ireland Junior Semi Final. That was that game was played by was that February. Um, yeah. Uh, end, end of January, yeah. Seven, eight months ago. They used 19 players against Kenny Gulla and 13 of those 19 featured against Kilachandra, which is <clears throat> which is pretty decent. Like 11 of them started. It was essentially essentially more or less the same starting team bar. They're missing three three big men off that. And the three men were Mossy Core, uh, Beanie Gaffney and Conor O'Reilly. Now, Mossy, I presume Mossy has retired. Uh, he hasn't played this year, I don't think. Beanie is emigrated, so they're not going to feature. Conor Riley, you were saying last week, is back. But like mm. that's that was arguably, along with Head, that was probably would that have been their four most important players up the spine of the team? Probably was close enough to it. Along with maybe Ocean Cairn and Ted last yeah. So they have lost three big men there in the last few months. If Conor comes back, it'll help things. But I don't think Dan are going to win it out. No, I'd agree with you. So we're getting closer to solving this one. Yeah, we are. Um but they had they had the impressive victory at the weekend, which will make training a wee bit better this week. It'll make the the motivation a little bit higher as it goes, you know, for 
they, to come in round in the championship. So, yeah, look at we. The one certainty in my head is Kilishandra aren't going to win the intermediate championship. That's the one thing I can I can say without fear of contradiction, really, uh, this year. So, but they are in transition. They very much are 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 in a in a transitional period within the club, and hopefully it doesn't last too long that they can hit hit the bottom quick and get back up. Um, right, keep on rolling. Uh, Beltorbet against Bally Hayes out in Red Hills on Saturday evening in Max McGrath Park. Um, again, we brought this game live to you on our MixLR page. Don't forget to follow us um, on MixLR at We Are Cavan if you want to hear the live club championship commentaries. But Beltorbet were beaten on this occasion on a scoreline of two goals in eight to ten points. Bally Hayes finished this game with 12 players on the field and with 12 players on the field, the crucial moment came down to a long kick out. Gary O'Rourke picked out David Brady, who I thought he went up and caught it over Owen McGuigan. Somebody challenged me on that and said that they thought it was, um, who did they tell me they thought it was? Oh, Augustus Salas um, or Salas. And either way, he won it easy, came down, uh, held off the 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 player that was jumping with him as he galloped and, and got away from him. Uh, Mark Lawler came in, I think it was, to meet him with a big shoulder. And he definitely met a big shoulder because uh, Lawler ended up on the ground and David Brady still galloping in towards the goal. Could have just put it onto the instep of the right boot and stick it over the bar, but decided he didn't just want to put three points between the sides. He wanted to go to four um, or go to five points and uh, kept kept going in, turned onto the instep of the left boot and hit it in off the butt of the right post uh, as he got in close to the square. Really good finish. Most important moment of the game. And it was the 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 most spectacular individual moment of the game as well. But um but he is their discipline let them down on this occasion. Like their an off the ball incident with Cormac Clark um early doors in the game. Probably I'm just trying to see back on my notes that I put it down to exactly what was in it at that stage, but there, there wasn't a lot between the sides when Cormac Clark got sent off. Uh, sorry, it was 30 minutes. It was just before half time. It was three points to five in favour of Bally Hayes. So for the entire second half, Bally Hayes were down to 14 players. Mark Teven then hits a point to make it a one point game at half time. Now, the earlier scores were, as you would predict, for Beltorbet scorers. Enda Henry. Enda Henry at six points, all coming from freeze. Probably one three of three or four of them himself. Um may have been slightly lucky to stay on the field. Could have like he played on the line all the time. And after picking up a yellow card, he could have got another yellow card. Um, but was just playing it aggressively, but not not overly dirty in any way. You know, it was just kind of there was there was a bundle of aggression involved in everything that he'd done. Here's a talking point I was sent, Damien, and you can you can uh, give your thoughts on it. Listen to the pod on, on the way home this morning. I wouldn't agree with Damien that Beltorbet gained credibility from Saturday night. They were good defensively, all right, but I think it exposed them a lot that they had two players extra with 15 minutes left and were only four pl- points down and didn't know what to do with the extra men. They didn't go for it or look like winning it and they looked a little bit clueless in attack. Maybe I'm being harsh there. Despite the disadvantage, Ballyhays looked more comfortable. If they had the full 15, I think they would have won by seven or eight. Harsh? Um, 
probably not that overly harsh. Like, there's no doubt about it that that Beltorbit's issue is up front. They they're, they're over reliant on Ender Henry, you know. But I I thought that there was a bit more about them. They 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 kept themselves right in the game. But yeah, look at when you when you look at it at the end now the the second black card um which was for who was it for? Brian O'Rourke was it? No, Brian Clark. Cormac Clark got a red card. Brian O'Rourke got a, a black on top of a yellow that he had picked up earlier on. And that was with 18 minutes to go in the in the second half. And then there was another black card for Bally Hayes. I can't think just who exactly it was. It's 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 eluding me at the moment. Um, but the second black card anyway probably only came with maybe six, seven minutes to go. Um so it it wasn't it wasn't a case that you were saying, you know, they they played a long time with twelve players. Um, they were they were down to twelve. They were thirteen for a, a significant chunk of of time. But it it always felt like Ballyhays were going to have enough to win the game. Like even when, as I said, when it came down to a thirty three minutes into the game, it was one eight to nine. Um, and Beltorbe were after hitting three points in a row, but you were kind of running out of time. You knew they were going to need a, more than likely going to need a goal, but when it came down to the most important moment. Beltorbet were holding still the extra players kind of back in defence rather than committing them forward. And like I think Kevin McConnell was a free player at one stage. You know, to me, he's 37 years of age, maybe 38 years of Damien, age. Damien, Damien. I, I, I told you about putting ages on lads. Well, look, he's six foot three and he's 38 <laughs> years of age. They're the facts of the matter. But it's... I don't think that he was the one of the players that I'd have chosen to be a free player. I think he's he's a brilliant man marker defender, but they needed to create something up front, and I think that you know let let the man do the job that he's good at doing. Um, couple of little things like that 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 Beltorbert may have got wrong, but I'd say what to be most disappointed with is that they kept seventeen sheets in the thirteen league games, and four other games they only conceded one goal, and to go out and then and concede two goals. Um, in the first round of the championship, that I'd say that would take in the more than anything because that was the difference on the, on the scoreboard, really. Yeah, yeah, valid point, very valid point. And and the, the score, the goals came straight away after half time when Beltorbet, after getting it back with three points in a row just before half time and the player up, Beltorbet needed to get the good start in the second half, but a goal and a point. Uh, Martin Connolly with the goal, Colin McKiernan with, with a free that left it, you know. 10 points or sorry, nine points to, to four essentially ahead for Bally Hayes. And, and that was a big, big blow the first couple of minutes into the second half for Bill Torbett. So I, I, I still think Bill Torbett are going to be very, very hard bet. They, they, they know what they're about. They bring a lot of aggression, but what they're going to struggle with is getting enough scores to win games um up front. So it's, there, there's teams where they, I think they'll make hay with end of Henry, but are there enough of those teams for them to go on and, and win a championship? I don't think so. I don't think that they did win this intermediate. But um, yeah, look, I have to say it was an entertaining game overall. Like Pat Clark had a difficult job refereeing it, and I heard Bally Hill play or not players but supporters after the game complaining about it. For me, I thought the officials done the job well. Somebody, um. I must mention actually for Beltor, but a re- uh, and and wish him a speedy recovery. I think it was Killian Murray, um, picked up a, a an injury, um, 
a facial injury, which is going to leave him out for, for a while. And it it was a collision between him and one of the Ballyhays players. Um, now, the Beltorbet, it happened right in front of the Beltorbet dugout and they were were seen to claim that it, that it should have warranted a card of some sort. But at the end of the day, none of the officials seen anything in it other than a shoulder to shoulder uh, challenge and it, it didn't result in a free. So people are saying, oh, so surely they would have realized when he was down so long, you can't give a free or a card for something that you assume happened. You've got to see it happening before mm-hmm. you can give those calls. So um, all in all, I thought Pat Clark and, and, and his officials all done a good job. You were mentioning on the live broadcast on Sunday evening, I think it was the Cuhullins Castle Rahan game about somebody um has has a lovely mullet. Somebody. Yeah, is it um I think it's Donahue, the Cuhullins yeah. defender. Is it Owen? They're not done um I'll have to get my program. Yeah, he was wearing four, I think, the other night. He's got a beautiful mullet. Well if he if 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 he gets mentioned for his mullet, I need to find out who the linesman was in the Bally Hills Baltorbe game because he has quite a good mullet too. Uh, oh, excellent. Okay. Well, hairstyles hair, hair are important. What about mullet of the championship sponsored by uh, one of the barbershops in Cavan? Do you know what? We'll, we'll get on to that. If one of the barbershops wants to sponsor the mullet of the championship or haircut of the championship overall, <laughs> like we don't, we're not biased. A, a mohawk would go well, I'm sure, if one of the referees wanted to take that on. We'd... Owen, Owen McCabe, I think it was. Uh, I stand to be corrected. I think it was Owen McCabe. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for these championship haircuts. We want to see them. And look at folks, if you've spotted a really good championship haircut, get a picture of it, send it on to us on We Are Cab. We just want to see all these latest fashionable uh, haircuts that are going on out there at the minute. Of all, of all the haircuts that have been in fashion over the years, Damien, I'm going to sound my, like my age now, but this new one, which is sort of a half fade, half mullet, I have to say is the worst. <laughs> it's the worst looking yoke I've ever seen. I don't know if I've seen a half fade, half mullet. Your man, the man in full forward had a had a horrendous oh, yes. one. Moaned. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yes, I know what you mean now. Yeah. I've yeah. seen a few. I've seen a few of them going around, and like you have to look twice at them. But yeah. anyway, look, there we go. We'll uh, we'll continue on more important matters. Okay, so well done to Bally Hayes. Um, good good victory for them and commiserations to Bell Torbett. Killing Care were taking on Bellyborough in Coot Hill on Saturday afternoon. Killing Care seven points. Bailiborough one goal and seven. We had been saying that Killing Care needed to 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 tighten up the defence. They had been uh, completely open at the back throughout the the league. Um, they have tightened up, only conceding eight scores, but still letting that crucial goal and then didn't get enough at the other end. Yeah, they let in four unanswered points at the end of the game. So they were they were actually ahead, um, and Killing Care didn't score in the last 20 minutes of this one. Peter McCabe, uh, reports of his demise were exaggerated. He was there. Okay. He, he played corner forward. Um, Emma Fitzsimons with, with five points. Jason McMahon with two. And that was all the scores that, that Killing Care got on the day. It wasn't a great game. Neither team played well from everything I, I've heard about it. Um, it was probably just the goal, obviously, was, was the difference. The goal came from Rory Farrell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was a disappointing um disappointing day all around this one in Cudhill. It was it was uh but to read to read the report like by Kevin Carney, his exact words are that Bilbo were the more consistent of two poorly performing teams. It was in very dry conditions and it was all sort of huffing and puffing and neither team really got going. So both of them will come away 
I'd say we're feeling they've a lot to work on. Obviously, Bailbor got the win, um, so it gives him a good kickstart in the championship. Killing Care is just in a bit of a rut there at the minute. Like looking through the team, there's loads of quality on that Killing Care team. They're just having a difficult run of form at the minute. But on the Bailbor side, Rory Farrell got one too. Michael Argue lined out fourteen. He got a point. Luke Hilson got two frees. Reese Clark got two. So. You know, um, the young uh, oh, Sullivan wasn't it? He came on last year. He was really impressive last year. Is that who, um, McGuinness or McGuinness? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, did he play? Is that Jack McGuinness? Yeah, yeah. Jack McGuinness played. Yeah. Uh, Connor Gilson went off injured. Um, Brendan Argue played. But you're starting to see Colin Gargan has broken into the team. Uh, you are starting to see a lot of consistency in selection on the Baylor team. They have retained most of their their players from the last couple of years. Aaron Rayler as well. You're on the twenty player from this year. He's a very good player. Experienced lads like Gary Daly, Peter Clark, and obviously Brendan Argue who I mentioned. So, um, yeah, it, you know, Baylor we had them ranked the third best team in intermediate championship last year, and I think they deserved that ranking. Yeah, this year's league disappointing. Maybe we're being hard on them. They've got a win in the championship in a local derby. So. What more can you ask for? But I don't think it was the greatest performance all around from either of those teams. Yeah, no. Not by the signs of it. And even from, you hear talk of a lot of games over the weekend. I've, I've heard pretty much nothing from this. Nobody's talking about it. So uh, hopefully... Yeah, it was, a quiet, it was a quiet one. Yeah, the fact it was down at Coothill, like it was it was a little bit off the beaten, the beaten path, this one. Um, and they have to play uh, Beltorbet. Killingcare have to play Beltorbet. And Bilber have to play Cullen, so that's another derby. So, mm. um, yeah, nothing easy in, the, in round two for those teams either. So, we'll know more about them after to get another game under their belts, exactly. Okay, on to Sunday, then Templeport took on Coot Hill in Butler's Bridge and it finished 118 to Templeport, 13 points to Coot Hill. You'll notice I've stopped talking about the predictions, but just to bring it back, um, I had we both had Den, we both had Shercock, both had Bally Hayes, both had Corner Fane, I had Killing Care. You had Bailiwer, so your consistency continues. Uh, I went for the draw between Coothill and Templeport. You went with Templeport, obviously. So um Coothill let me down a wee bit again. But Templeport, your your team, you love these Templeport boys. Are are they still in the hunt for an intermediate championship? Do you think they could win it? They're my pet team this year, Damien. I'm all aboard the Templeport Express this year. They exact they're exactly the type of team that I like to get behind. They're slightly dark horses. If I get it right, I'll be a great lad. I'll be going around with a big head on me. And if I get it wrong, we're sure everyone will just forget about it. So, <laughs> so I'm all in on Templeport. In fairness, all joking aside, I, I think this intermediate is winnable this year. I really do. I think the team that came down from senior, Shercock, are decimated. The team that come up from junior, then. Or sorry, Casseran and Shercock. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both. Well, Shercock are decimated. Casseran. I don't know. I'm still remaining. Jury is out a bit on Casaran. Just, just remain to be convinced. Just seems to be some wee thing not just there for them, but that could come. But I think it's a winnable championship, and I like to look at Templeport. Um, a very well coached team. Like they play with the head up. They played with loads of verve. They're a good, a good footballing team. They've got uh, like at the end of this game, they held the ball for three minutes, and they moved it from side to side and back to forth back and forth waited for her opening eventually comes to Owen Martin he gets a point you're talking about a big man there in the middle of the field that's coming up score, getting yeah. scores they also have Owen McCaffrey and he's got the X Factor Like even though Liam Galligan 
by all accounts was was brilliant. Was was man of the match in this game. But McCaffrey has has the X factor. You talked about play about Ted earlier on. Not to pick on on Ted, um, because he's friend of the pod. But Ted had a couple of goal chances and took his point or whatever twice on Sunday. McCaffrey had an easy mark, and he went for goal. So that's unpredictable. That defender, as a defender, you can never switch off. Even if it's a mark, you can't take that ten seconds as a breather because this whoever might go for it. Like so, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I think that's a big thing for them. Yeah, and and that's probably the 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 best thing that they have going for them is that, you know, for me, Owen Doonan is probably their best forward. And yet he's not in the mention this week because Liam Galligan stepped up so much and Owen McCaffrey steps up. They've got such variation that they do have an attack that, that has three, four players that can steal the limelight. I think Bally Hayes have the same, you know, if it's not Kevin Tierney, who was missing at the weekend, by the way, um, it's, Porrick Moore or it's Michael Brady or it's Martin Connolly or David Brady or whoever there's there's so many so yeah Teppenport look at maybe I'm underestimating Teppenport but I, I have them now for a quarterfinal spot I think on weekend one um, I think that that's cemented they're well they're, they're, a for, they're a form team there in, in the division I don't think anyone else was as impressive as them in the intermediate in round one no probably not because they didn't have an easy task. Then are, are ahead of them in terms of the score difference. But as I said, Kilishandra are 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 in a really difficult place at the moment. So. And I think Temple Port of Kilishandra next, and they, they beat them by a cricket score in the league. And I think they're going to beat them again. And that's Temple Port as good as into the quarters, I would say. Liam Galligan's goal was a joy to behold. Great work by Nisha McKenna and uh, Owen McCaffrey. Played Liam Galligan. He spotted Jamie Smith a little bit off his line and he just placed it perfectly in the top corner. And I didn't see it, but I'm going by several people have given me descriptions. There's a great spread of, spread of scorers as well in this team. Um, like Dylan Raythorn got a point from wing back before he went off injured. Owen Martin scored, Gavin Dunne who scored, and all the six starting forwards scored. That's McAweeny, Doonan, Galligan, Galligan, McCaffrey and McKenna. Danny Maguire came off the bench and scored as well. So on the Good Hill team, it's amazing. Like a couple of years is a long time in football. I was just looking back on my rankings from January 2019 I think I had Goodhill 7th or 8th in my senior rankings January 2019 at that time Tampa Port would have been well languishing well there and they were probably in the mid-20s and here we have Tampa Port comfortably beating Goodhill now in an intermediate championship match so it's amazing a couple of years can change a lot if one team improves and one team disimproves but I think Goodhill they're just, they're just very much the definition of a team in transition at the moment Yeah yeah, and and a transition in, in a in terms of you know that they're playing young players who are going to come through and who are good quality like they're Ben McGann I think lined out at centre back which for me well sorry he lined out wearing number six anyway um you know you he's he's in his first year at senior and he's been asked to play in in, in that position um Jake isn't it Jake White um yeah he wasn't actually playing but he had he has been featured he has been playing again first yeah, Ryan season. Delaney there is very young like he won a he won a a hurling medal with Cavan last year in the minors in that Celtic Challenge. Like so, he's just out of minors. Yeah. As well. Um, Keen hey, Cooper as well played on that minor team last sorry, year. That's the other one I was I was I was thinking of again, just yeah. fresh in the minor. So your yeah. man, your man, sexy Sexton, as you call him, he he scored, he scored three points. Um, and good, on. That's, good. that's 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 not good by his standards. He was supposed to be very good. He had a good battle with Sean Dolan. Yeah, 
Uh, he is. He's he's a classy footballer. And the Hessen come on. I've seen as well. And the um, Hessen come on. Keen Smith, Dermy Connolly, and John. There's a lot of quality coming in there. Yeah, too. John Carney as well. Like John's just back <laughs> from a long layoff with injury, so uh, he's a he's a very good footballer as well. So I'm not I'm not writing off Coot Hill yet. I'm definitely not writing them off yet. I think they're 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 still they're still in the hunt. That's uh, bad news for Coot Hill. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got the Goonies this weekend. And, oh man, that's going to be. Throw up the ball and stand well back. It's Connor Connor Delina's ref in that one. Um that could finish the five aside. If 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 they could play, they could play the second half on the Astroturf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to that. Okay, final game of the weekend then. Live. It was live. Thanks to Romar Energy on our We Are Cavan Mixelor page. Castle Rahan against Coo Hollands in Dolan Park in Virginia. A massive crowd turned up for this. Um and Castle Rahan drew with Coo Hollands eight points apiece. Doesn't sound like a classic from the scoreboard. No, it wasn't a classic, uh, but it was an interesting game at the same time. Uh, I enjoyed it. I suppose Dolan Park for for a new a new pitch, as we always say, is a tight field. Like when they when they built the new pitch in Virginia, um, that was open around twenty sixteen, I think, and they hadn't a whole pile of room to work it because you've got the lake on one side, you had an astroturf there, so it wasn't. It's a tight field. It's one of the tighter championship venues, and I think that mitigated against. Open free flow in football. Both teams well coached and uh, they mirrored each other's tactics. When the other team had the ball, they went twelve or thirteen minute men behind the ball. Um, so that again, that made it get it against high scoring and there was there was poor shooting going on as well. Uh, so I thought the interesting thing about it, and I wrote about it in my match report, is that they were both coming into this from a very different place. And again, it's funny, like the way football, as I was saying there a minute ago, the way football can ebb and flow, and you know. Who would have thought that last year that Cook Hollands and Casaran would be meeting and drawn in a first round championship game? If it was to happen, you'd have probably thought it would happen in senior. But yeah. Not necessarily happen in junior. One of the teams is going to have to move grades and you wouldn't have thought Casaran would go down. But what made this game really intriguing for me was you have a Casaran team who have lost an awful lot of players. Five of the 2019 senior championship winning teams started. Um, now, they did bring on Endo O'Connell, they brought on Cara Cosgrove. Um, but the, the five starters I think were uh, were Fergal Riley, um, David Ritt, Cormac Daly, and the Flanagan, and Oshin Oshin O'Connell and Oshin Kiernan. Maybe that's that's six. Um, they were they were all that started. They were able to bring on Endo O'Connell, Carl Cosgrove, Eugene Hill, Owen McCall. So they've lost a huge amount of players like Paul yeah. Luke, Paul Lukey. Mackey Flanagan, I mean, the list goes on and on. Ennis, even McSweeney from their 2018 team, uh, each one of them is a loss. But they have retained quality and they've retained winners. And Cucullans don't have winners in their team in the sense that I'm not saying they're a team of losers, far from it, but they don't have anyone there that has won medals in, in senior football. I don't see Adrian Tate on the panel at the minute. Maybe he's on the panel, but he was, I think, possibly the last surviving player that had an intermediate championship medal. So they're desperately seeking a breakthrough. They've been knocking on the door for a few years. They have a young team now and they're playing a, a team who's come down to their level and it's not going to be a massive breakthrough for win, them to win this. So I thought it was a really interesting dynamic coming into the game. It ended up, I suppose, they sort of cancelled each other out. Old dogs for the hard road when when Castro uh, found themselves 7-4 down and you know, needed to come up with something. They just didn't panic. They just kept working it and working it and eventually... Um, and O'Connell gets a mark 42, 43 metres out. And 
it's the worst of that mark rule when you see someone just popping a pass and, and a fella gathers on his chest. But it actually, when you still have to kick it over, and he kicked it over like David Clifford, and because uh, he's a back, and they put him in as a forward, mm-hmm. and possibly that was I thought maybe to to keep Niall Carlin honest and stop him rampaging up the field as he had been. That's maybe why the two end in the forward line. Um, they put him in wing forward, I think. A couple of minutes later, they worked the ball to the left hand side of of the field and David Ritt gets the exact same kick out in the left wing and with a mark and he does the exact same thing and he powered it over the bar it was really emphatic and uh, they actually found themselves 8-7 up they got four points in a row and it was just pure nothing spectacular just smart measured composed play it showed all their experience but the fairness of Cullens, they, they were fit, they were staring down the bar at that stage and uh, they put together a good move and uh, it was finished with a free by Evan Doughty left today at all. There was time at the end. Uh, the referee was Maggie Farley. She let play go on. Casrahan must have held the ball for a couple of minutes at the end, but they just couldn't. They were probing and they were trying to find that that chance, but they just couldn't get it. And it was high risk stuff. Like I think I described it as a tightrope walk in the match report because the game was there for them. Like push up, take the risk, and uh, you'll you might win a free. You'll, you'll certainly get a shot away from somewhere. Um. But there was just a chance that if you did that, you could actually lose it. So it was just cagey stuff. Nerves were really on edge. The, the place was jammed. There was a massive crowd, massive crowd in Virginia for this game. And uh, I think in the end up, a draw was a fair result. And it didn't tell us all that much about either either of the teams, to be honest. Mm-hmm. We kind of knew the cats around were gonna, not going to panic in a tight game. And we knew that, you know, they were, who, their, who their players were that were going to step up. I think in fairness, it says a little bit about Cuchulainz that they came from behind to get the equaliser. That that's mm. the only thing you can read from it is yeah. That... But this is, both teams will feel they should have won it. Like I still think Cuchulainz at seven four up in a low scoring game, you've got to probably yeah. win, win it from there. Yeah, yeah, and conceding four scores in a row at that point will be disappointing. I thought yeah. Evan Evan Doughty had a super game. Now, like he got seven points out of the, out of the eight. Three of them came from play. So, um. That was that was three points from play in a game like that was was a massive yeah. contribution and like two of his points from play came from out on the left wing where a defender just showed him the touchline and like he was coming you imagine him coming um, galloping up the left wing uh, soloing the ball with his left foot defender sort of shepherds him towards the the left sideline I doubt he just says all right fair enough I'll just put it over from here instead and he just <laughs> he fires it over from further left and I could I could. I was looking at the I can't remember which defender it was, but I was looking at him at the time, and he was like, oh, "For Jesus' sake, what are we meant to do here?" Yeah, uh, yeah. You're was not, very, you're was not very supposed good. to do that. Yeah, that's not, that's not what's meant to happen here. Um, but <laughs> he yeah. was exceptional. Yeah. Naya Carlin as well. I thought he was, particularly in the first half, like he rampaged and out of defence, like, and he has, he has a, t- a torn of pace that you'd have, you'd have seen it firsthand a lot more than me. But like, I don't know anything about athletics or anything, but he looks like an athlete. Like he. He, he runs differently to other players. He glides across the ground and he has acceleration, which, you know, if you're sitting in a car and someone someone accelerates and you put back in your seat, you're, when this lad accelerates on the field, you're like, whoa, yeah. Jesus, where do, you, where, where do you get that torn of pace out of? That's it. That's it. And it's very, very, the first three, four yards, yeah. very few can keep with him, you know, and that's where he gets away and then he has still got a, a high cruising speed. So, um, yeah, look at, as you say, you we haven't learned a whole lot other than I think both will be in contention um, come the end of it. I, I think they're, they're, they were both maybe 
making sure that they were tight at the back, didn't want to have an opening round of feet, and it resulted in a draw. But we'll yeah. we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as as it goes. It's funny you were saying that that earlier on when we were just talking about the Templeport game, seeing you know, Castle Rahan are missing some wee thing. Key and Mackey's not that big, but he he he's definitely missing. He's definitely yeah, missing. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, player like that, just just a probing type of player. Like they they had David Wright pretty well handled in the middle of the field. Um, but really, like they you know they 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 gave his influence to some degree. They they had Ushin O'Connell tied up well. Tied in the Flanagan showed well. He got in lots of ball. Um, Ushin Kieran, he's going to improve. He was away in Australia like on holiday, so he's going to improve. Carl Cosgrove come on and. When I say about them not panicking, like Cosgrove came on and he had a free um, 35 metres out just after he came on, the, this foul took place and they just handed him the ball. And I said in the commentary, is that a wise move? Give a lad, he hadn't touched the ball yet. Like he hadn't touched the other. And it was a wise move to give a sub this free because it was very missable. And uh, he just he just nailed it. So Casaran are, are a team that has been in so many tight spots over the years that they're not going to panic. There's that calmness about them. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm still. I'm, I'm not convinced by them, and I'm not. I'm not convinced by Cahollins either. Like I thought, I think they're gonna. They're gonna need to be tougher now to win this championship. Like the, you've got to be closing out games like that. Brian McGee was being marked by you and Henry, and really didn't get a sniff of it off Henry. He didn't score from play, Brian. He showed well. He won. He scored a mark, and he did win a free at another stage. Um, you know, he was always shown for the ball, but you, he was. He definitely had a few inches on you and Henry, and Henry didn't give him a sniff. Of it I thought so. Maybe I was more to do that. You and had a brilliant game. Is <clears throat> you and will take that all right because he's he's the player we've been watching bit by bit over the last couple of years. So he's he's um I suppose steadily improving. Um right okay um in that game I went for Cuhullins and you went for the draw. So that completed a clean sweep for you, which is one I'm sure you're going to be breaking at the champagne with tonight. But what it actually means overall when we take in the junior results as well is that you beat me in week one of the predictions Paul by one point so you got one extra one over over me I got six out of seven in the junior um whereas you got five out of seven but I got four out of seven and you got seven out of seven so seven out of seven it's a magnificent seven they're going to call it that's exactly that's it. going to be the talk of the county tonight David people are going to be sitting in there and having a pint and from from Tear Walker to Red Hills and they're going to be going what about the magnificent seven it's like the time Frankie Dettori <laughs> rode seven winners he went through the card <laughs> yeah I don't take the risk um, okay what we're going to do now is jump after the commercial break we're going to jump into an interview with um, John Highland from um, Club Spot um, who goes through the how to use the apps to buy the tickets um, for the club championship games and once you have it done for the first time it's a very very easy process so stay tuned for that and we'll also be bringing you the team of the week player of the week and Top scorer of the week after that. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family owned and family run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, Check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. 
that I'll be joined with John uh, Highland from Club Spot app to give us a rundown on exactly how the ticketing situation is happening for the Cavan Club Championships. John, thanks for coming to the studio. Thanks for having me on, Damien. And yeah, looking forward to just explaining, I suppose, how the app works, how people can download it and how easy it is then to buy your tickets. What we're going to do is, because I don't have any of the apps, I I'm obviously don't need tickets that often, so we're going to go through the process. You can you can explain it to me from the very, very start. So I have my, my smartphone out. Um, we'll, we'll go through some of the other details after we go through this process, but for anybody who is finding it difficult or hasn't actually done this yet and thinks it's complicated, it's a three, four-minute process the first time. And as you showed me there, once you have it done, it's 30 seconds after that. Yeah, and just, I suppose, to add to that, that we do have a video tutorial as well of this, which will be posted by Cavan GA on their social media. It'll be posted on the Clubspot social media. And we also offer a live chat option on our website, www.clubspot.app, where we have a two-minute response time for anybody who needs any assistance with ticketing issues. Brilliant. And is that all 24 hours a day? Uh, nine till nine, seven nine days a week. Nine, seven days a week. Brilliant. That's, that's, that's a huge asset. There are huge benefits to what you and what Cavan GA have done in terms of the, the, the ticketing and, and going cashless. We were just talking about it last weekend in Cavan. Um, what, in around 5,000 people went to club games. That's a lot of cash if it wasn't for ClubSpot's app. Yeah, and for the, for the volunteers who are handling the gates at these matches, it's a lot of responsibility to be handling you know, cash for 5,000 tickets when the senior games come in this weekend. We're going to probably double that to 10,000 tickets. So instead of, I suppose, getting it hard to get volunteers who are willing to take on a gate and handle it, count and be responsible for maybe three, 5,000 euro per game, mm-hmm. we've made it very easy that all you need is a local club volunteer who downloads an app on their smartphone and they can scan everybody in. And their only responsibility is just accounting for the ticket as each individual comes in. Um, the, the problem with handling cash is... Again, if, if you're sitting with 5,000 cash in your house for two or three days, maybe from a Friday night game, and you can't get it back into Breffney Park until a Monday, you're a sitting target, I suppose. it's you know People people know if somebody has cash, you don't want to leave it in your house or leave it in your car. And a lot of volunteers are unwilling to take on that level of responsibility. So, again, by doing this, it's easier to get volunteers. And without volunteers, our games don't go on. And while it has been a trend in recent years that it's been harder to get volunteers, we're trying to build a solution that makes it easier for Cavan to get the people that they need that are necessary to run our championships and allow us to have 20 matches at a weekend and allow it to go off without a hitch. Again, I suppose it's like anything in life. Change is, is, is scary to some people. And why I've asked you in is that there was a couple of people who, were, who got in contact with me to say, I can't get a ticket and it's not fair. I just want to go up and pay me tenner. So we, we said we'd bring it on. So let, let's go through the process then from, from start to finish. I have my smartphone open. Talk me through it. First thing is Play Store, is it? Yeah, so just open the app store so on your phone. And we just search for Calvin GAA. Okay. Come straight up. After and put it in. just download your app. So install... Hit the green install button. Nice and simple. This will be a test for the speed of the Wi-Fi here in studio. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it's quick enough. Um, okay, installing and open. That was very quick. Okay, Perfect. crest is coming up. So 
and then just hit the sign up button so the big blue sign up button sign if up. you've previously used it you can just hit the sign in button so it asks you for your name so your first name and your last name and um, it'll ask you for your phone number which needs to be entered in a plus three five three format okay. as shown on it if you entered as an 087 that's fine when you go to hit the sign up button you'll see that there's a problem and as you go up on the screen in big red text underneath it it will say phone number must be entered as plus three five three Perfect, perfect. So, and again, we can take all international codes. So somebody who has maybe a number from the north or UK or people who are just home from any country in the world, I think it supports 179 countries. Okay. Well, hopefully we're not from the 188 <laughs> that's left. <laughs> yeah. It's not too bad. So then you put in, you, you create a password. Um, so that's something that will be unique to each individual user, um, which I'm just going through here now. And, and hit your enter button then at the end. Accept the terms and accept the privacy policy. And sign up. Sign up. So once you've signed up, you get an email just to verify your email. So that's to ensure it's entered correctly. Okay. Because your email will always be unique to yourself. So then just go, go into the email on your phone. And okay, so click here. We've gone through. It's redirected me back to the Clubspot app. And now I sign in. On the Cavan GA app. Yep. Using that email. And again on my phone. I have too much on it. That's the beauty of, of recording all of your audio on a phone is that it slows everything else down, but it's torn for me anyway, so I'll be logging in here. Yeah, like normally the, the login is just instant. And okay. so then you can see on the Cavan app on the first page we have the news there, so on your landing page so you can kinda see updates. So they're about like Mickey staying on or results of the monthly draw or Brilliant. last week's fixtures and results are all there as well. And then if we scroll to the events page, so the second tab at the bottom. Okay, yeah, four tabs at the bottom, news, events, my tickets and messages. So go to events. Yeah, and now we can see all of this week's games. So okay. it's just a matter of scrolling through. It's all in chronological order with the first upcoming game at the top and, and down under. So we can scroll until you find for the match you want to go to. Okay, and We'll, we'll go to Drummalee against Muncher Connacht. Perfect. As and good a game as any. Go into that one and click on your Get Tickets button down at the bottom of your screen. Get Tickets. And then it's just a plus or minus for the type of tickets you want. So there's adult uh, children and OAPs on the Cavan app there. So you just do a plus or a minus on whichever tickets you want. So you can buy up to 10 tickets at a time. Okay. And so I can buy tickets with that for a family member... For anybody at all, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be the, the owner of the phone and the owner of the account that uses the ticket. Yeah, so you could buy 10 tickets under Damien Dunhoe and if your father wants to go to the game and he doesn't have his phone with him or his battery was to die on the way in or whatever it is, he can walk up to the gate and he can just say, I have an uh, adult ticket under Damien Dunhoe. The steward can see that on their phone, they can validate the ticket and allow him to go in. Okay. Okay, so for non-smartphone users, all they need to do is know somebody who has a smartphone and an account. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's the same way then the club secretaries can help out, or I think Lynch's and Killadoon were doing it um, for, for some people as well, for Mullerhorn games and that. So it's, it's, a, it's all the same idea that anybody can buy as many tickets as they want. The person who then wants to just go up to the gate, all they have to do is mention the person's name who's bought the ticket, yeah. and then they go. Yeah, so like we've had that with lots of clubs where there might be three or four people in the club who just aren't a smartphone user and the secretary or the treasurer or somebody will just buy the ticket for them 
they'll give them the 10 euros cash at some stage during the week they walk down to the gate and like so say Catalis Harton is our secretary you just walk down and say Catalis Harton got her ticket uh, OAP ticket walk in steward validates it you're in the gate brilliant brilliant okay so I'm buying a ticket for the Drummer League game I hit get ticket and, and then you have an option to save your card details or you can just pay without saving your card details. So Okay. Um it's that's up to you if you're a first time user. If you save your card details, the next time you come back you don't have to go through the C V C or uh getting your bank to um do the SEA approval. Okay. So that can catch some people out because they don't have notifications turned on with their bank. So when the bank sends them confirmation for approval, like all online purchases, yeah. it's it's a SCA regulations. Um, some people don't see that and then maybe they can fail. Now, we do have a 92% successful purchase rate. So said for 9 out of 10 people, it's working fine. But some people just have that. That's a common issue with the banks. Okay. So when it comes down to it now, um, I'm after going into pay and save. Um, so, so it's asking me for you, you, six digits. So because you've previously bought with any club spot club, so like you know half the clubs in Cavan's are using club spot for fundraisers. If you've bought and you've saved your card at the checkout with Stripe, you can also do a one-click checkout where again you don't need your card details or to have your card on hand, and you can just enter in the text message the number that you get sent on okay. a text message from Stripe. I so there would um, there is a text message there from Stripe. I see it in there now. Um, with a six digit code with a six digit code copy that ok the silence was me repeating the number in my head over and, and over again that's it okay. hit pay hit pay so so just processing once your payment goes through there's just two possible options here so if you have previously purchased a, a ticket with Clubspot uh, and you have downloaded the Clubspot tickets app the ticket will come straight into your Clubspot Tickets app. But if you haven't downloaded the Clubspot Tickets app, you'll get an SMS notification to notify you that there's a ticket waiting okay. for you in the Clubspot Tickets app, and it has a link to download the app. Okay. Um, so the first thing that came in there, I think, was a, a verification for the, the proof of purchase on my... Um, confirm your purchase on, on my... Bank. Banking app. Yeah. Um, which only takes a second once you open up the app it usually comes in fairly quick there we go okay confirm um, I've approved in my app okay so that's it processing and got a green tick Perfect. so payment successful go to Cavan GEA app yeah um, so I go back follow that back into the app so if you click on the you, so you'll also get an SMS notification now to tell you to download the Clubspot tickets. But even before that, if you go into the Calvin G app and you click on My Tickets at the bottom. Okay, let me just... So back in to the bottom, four pages. So beside events, Perfect. My, my tickets, tickets. And open Clubspot tickets app. The big button there at the bottom. Aye, so in my case it says Get. Yeah. So Get, get Clubspot ticket app. Brings you to the Play Store, hit install. Handy enough. Yeah, and it open. So it's just to save you even having to go and search it on the Play Store. We just do the one click for download. 
Okay, and then so it's asking me just so I have to kind of register on this. Please enter your full name. Yeah. Uh, hit continue. And that is case sensitive, so it's just important that people remember that if you're entering your name, that if you use capital letters for the first letters of your first and last name, okay. that if you go to sign in again, you'll have to do the same. Now, the app doesn't log you out unless uh, inactivity, which happens after, I think, 90 days. Um, well, you're not going to so have that issue this time of year. <laughs> no. Everybody's going to be using it. Yeah, so once you log in, once you only need to log in again. Um, okay. Code. Uh, then, yeah. Sorry, that's the that's the, I I've got the SMS to say that you've been sent your digital ticket from Club Spot, um. So that's the app. Um, what is it asking? So it's asking for a security. Enter security code. I haven't received. So it'll text you a six-digit security or four-digit security code. Okay. Here we go. Yes. Yeah, that's so come it. true. Very quick. Except perfect okay so we can see my ticket it's, there it's there and you click into that your, there's your ticket and That's you can see all of the information then below it you know about the location the start time the end time perfect that's brilliant so that's everything that's that's everything for a first time setup and then once you have that set up once to go back and to buy the actual ticket itself as we said it only takes about 30 seconds if you saved your card details right so once I've saved card details all, let's say I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy a ticket for a second game now. We'll just go through it. So it's back into the Calvin GA app. I'm, 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 I hate, we'll say, Rammer. Uh, sorry, no, who's that? Shannon Gales, Red Hills. Get ticket. Buy the ticket. Put in um, the amount. Put in the amount. Get ticket and at the bottom. And then before you click on the get ticket, see where it gives you an option about your card details. If you want to pay and save. If you click on that, you can change that to save your card details. So the, the card details are saved by Stripe, so it's it's fully secure. Um, but that will, if you save your card details at this step instead of the final step, you don't need to then go through and do the SCA with the bank for any future purchases. Okay, so... So, new card and save details. Hit, hit that. Yeah, uh, so that's that's okay. It doesn't... Uh, so See, underneath the blue action... Oh, so yeah. So add or change of payment. Add or change of payment. So uh, and then hit the new. See, pay with your Visa card is saved oh, okay, up the top. Yeah, I see it already. And now click pay. Oh, so it's already in. Yeah. So payments going through. So that's it done again. That's it done. No bank. No need for bank approval if you saved your card. And then when I go back into that club spot app, I've got my second ticket there. Yeah. Brilliant. That's that's quite simple. There's no, there's no complication, particularly once you get the first one set up. Yeah. That's after that. It's it. You're walking to the game. You'd have it done. Yeah, yeah. Like people are, people are buying their tickets as they're walking down the hill and Breffney There, you know, it's it's literally thirty seconds. If you're going somewhere where there's bad mobile coverage, once you buy your ticket before it. So I know the coverage at the football pitch in Ballymacue, for example, is a bit of a black spot. Once you've bought your ticket, you don't then need coverage to get back into the app. The app works perfectly offline. Okay. So compared to some, some other services that use like email tickets and then you arrive and you can't open your emails to open your ticket, ours works perfectly offline. So you can click into your Clubspot tickets app, your ticket's already sitting there waiting, you can scan in. And they're scanned as they're coming in by the by the county board officials, the, the volunteers that are that are no longer handling cash. So there was a few questions that I had down. 
um, the download process, we've gone through that, very simple. Um, obviously, people were talking about the two apps, but one is just a holder of the ticket and the other is the process of purchasing. Yeah, so it's a tickets wallet, essentially. Ticket so um, the Club Spot Tickets app, that's the same technology that Twickenham and the Millennium Stadium are using. There's many other European venues, but they're probably two of the highest profile. Yeah. So again, we said, well, we want to deliver an elite level solution to grassroots sports. In Cavan, it's a bit like everything else we're trying to do with the club spot uh, app. So we said we want to partner with the best. We didn't want to kind of come with an inferior system just yeah. because it's grassroots sport. So you're going into a club match in, I said, say, Gown or Lacken or Balanya, and you're using the same entry system as they used to put 85,000 people into Twickenham for a Six Nations match. Brilliant. Um, tell me this then. Weekend gone by, we mentioned 5,000 people at, at, at the 14 club games. So attendances have been have been really good. I was looking at it, the games that I was going in with, particularly there was two games where I was running from one game to the other. But with five minutes to go to throw in, people just streaming in. It was really, really efficient. It was really quick. There was no longer kind of holding up and, and waiting for somebody and giving change back or anything like that. It, 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 it speeds up the entry. Yeah, the, like from the research we have, the entry is three to four times faster at a turnstile compared to traditional cash handling and, as we said, about giving change or even people having to look for it. Yeah. Because once people have used the system once, they become very familiar with it and they have their ticket open and they have their app ready. The scan is done in an instant. It takes less than a second to scan a ticket and you just walk on through. So like it, it does make a lot easier for access, for getting people into the grounds particularly for a high volume day like a county final or something mm. where you have maybe 5,000 people at one match or seven or 8,000 it really speeds up the process because people tend to arrive at one time kind of in a herd and again COVID is still lingering even though it's it's maybe not as big of an issue as it was two or three years ago you want to make it safe you want to stop that happening and you want to allow people to be able to get in as quick and as easy as possible and just enjoy enjoy the match because that's what they're there for that's it we were talking about the league final. There was over thirteen hundred tickets sold for that uh, game in Cross Keys, and and eleven hundred and something showed up. And I was saying, Jesus, like who goes and buys a ticket and doesn't doesn't come in? Yeah, so it's it's funny, and I didn't, I suppose I didn't notice this either until I got involved in ticketing. But anything above ninety one percent is actually considered a full house in ticketing. So you go to an All Ireland final, even a World Cup final, there's free seats there. So there is just a certain percentage of people which happen, happens to hover around the 91% that just can't go to a match. So even the county final where we had 400 people crush along Kingscourt during COVID, yeah. uh, there was about 8 or 10 tickets that weren't used, even though there was such a shortage. Jesus which, Christ. And that was at such a smaller sample size. Yeah. Uh, but there were still people who didn't go to the match that day. I presume the bigger the game, the, the lower the... the the missing attendance is so 91% is the average yeah. that it breaks out at so but I, I yeah I just find that I suppose when you broke it down for me somebody gets sick or a car breaks down or the change of plans happen and particularly at club games and, and games of maybe lesser importance than a World Cup final or an All-Ireland final people are going to say oh do you know what I'll, I'm actually going to have to miss that one even having bought a ticket so it's um it's I suppose that's that's to the benefit of the county board. Um, yeah, it is, but I suppose it's the same with a concert or the same with yeah. an Ireland final. It's they're an event organizer, the same as anyone else, and they're putting on the event, they're delivering it. Like I suppose I, I don't speak for Cavan County Board. I'm 
on the club spot side, I suppose I'm just a service provider, but yeah. it is, that's de- it's definitely a benefit of digital ticketing and it's why it's been adopted across the board. Um, because yes, it definitely does help uh, with the revenues, but the biggest help to them is that there's an increase in communications and there's an easier flow of ticket purchasing. So like attendances are up at matches and that's what we all want if the sport's going to grow. We need more people involved. Yeah. We need to keep people engaged. Um, like I mentioned before this, there's nearly 20,000 people have downloaded the Cavan GA app. So that's in, in a county of 75 population, that's, that's phenomenal. At one point, it was the number one downloaded app, you were telling me? In yeah, the in, in Ireland, the very first week it was released, we had over 5,000 downloads in a week. That's phenomenal. Um, like Cavan, probably, maybe it's, it's a bit of a football-mad county. Um, I don't know if you get the same percentage in every county as that, but Cavan County Board now have a way to communicate with 20,000 people with a push notification that's free and again that probably is actually driving the attendance of matches and that's what's driving them to sell more tickets is that they have this way of direct communications you can get a notification on your phone click in and in 30 seconds you have a ticket bought to go to a match yeah yeah so John one last thing tell me about if if I'm one of those people who is on the way to the game realise I can't but I know my friends going is there a solution for that yeah, so we have a simple in-app ticket transfer option. So if you're the ticket purchaser and say even your phone's going to die but you want to transfer your ticket to make sure you can use it at the gate, you can just click into your ticket there. Yeah. In the top right corner, there's a transfer button. Oh, I see it, yeah. This is in the club spot ticket app. Yeah, app. and then just allow it to have access to your contacts. And then once you have their phone number, you can just search their name. It, Brilliant. It's imported all the contacts from your phone book. Search their name, hit send, and that's it, the ticket transfer is done instantly. Brilliant, brilliant. That, so, that's so simple and, and yet very, very helpful um, in terms of that, you know, we're from Cavan, we don't like to waste anything at all. If, if I'm not going, somebody's going to use my ticket. Yeah, exactly. And we actually see that about 15 to 20% of tickets for every event are transferred. So you might buy a ticket for your friend or your son or your daughter or your cousin who's home from America for the week and wants to go to the match, Yeah. whatever it is. So... If there is somebody who's new and they don't want to, you know, they don't download everything or they haven't got the app, you can buy it for them. If you're not going with them, then you can transfer it to them. Okay. So that they can still enter the match at their own time, at their own pace. And so once I've transferred that ticket over, do they need the app? Do they need all, all the different apps to, or sorry, the, the two apps yeah, to access? No, just the ClubSpot tickets app. That's all they need? Yeah. Okay. And they'll get a text message telling them if they don't already have the app, they get a text message saying... You have received a ticket for Gowna versus Killigary on the Club Spot Tickets app. Click here to download. Brilliant. That's class. It's absolutely brilliant. The process is simple. People are just going to be getting used to it. But even for non-smartphone users, and that was probably my biggest concern, there's a simple enough solution. Just just talk to somebody who has a smartphone and you're going to be able to get your ticket. Yeah, and as I said about the customer service, like we're, look at we're, we're available kind of nine to nine, seven days a week. Um, the live chat option on our website has less than a two-minute response time. That's the best way to get in contact with the team because we can handle multiple responses at one time, whereas on the phone, it's, of course, very, very slow to, to yeah. deal with people. Um, but we do phone calls. Anyone who contacts us, we do always take a phone number and an email, and if they need to, we do a phone call and we talk people through whether it's downloading the app or some sort of an issue they're having, you know, whether it's a forgotten password and struggling with the reset or anything like that. We're, we're always on hand to solve that. So like anyone who needs help, all you have to do is look for it and it's there.
Brilliant. John, thanks a million. Brilliant. Thanks, David. Okay, once again, our thanks to John for coming in and explaining that. As I said, if you have any issues dealing with the app, don't forget to get in contact to ClubSpot. Um, they have the, the helpline there going all the time, so you can get in contact through the website. Um, okay, so it's time to get on to our Kiko Sports Team of the Week. Just remember, folks, if you're looking for exceptional team or leisure wear for your sports club, society, or business, then look no further than Kiko Sports with a wide range of customizable um, apparel to keep your players, members, or employees looking sharp. Kiko Sports has you covered. For more details, contact info at kikosports.ie or visit kikosports.ie, www.kikosports.ie. That's C-I-C-O sports.ie. So, um. A huge amount of nominations have come in for the team of the week here, Paul. Um, we'll start off in goals. I have three names that were that were sent down or that we've we've been told of. Um, John McConnell from Mahara, Corey Smith from Goon, and Gary O'Rourke from uh, Bally Hayes. I actually, I was at all sorry, I wasn't at the Drum Goon game, but um, John McConnell I thought had a very good game. Mahara's retention from kickouts was something that that stood out for me. I thought they were really, really good on kickouts. So he done very well. Uh, conceded a goal in that game, but in general, I thought had had a, a very positive influence on the game. Corey Smith looks strong as always. His kicking is very, very good for Drum Goon. I'm sure. Um, there's no surprise he's been nominated. But for me, Gary O'Rourke, um, the two goals that Ballyhays got came from long kickouts. He picked out David Brady, just identified that he was in a one-on-one that he could go and win at a crucial moment in the game, three minutes into injury time, when there was only two points in it, when Beltorbert after scoring three points in a row, it was important that he that he that he hit the mark and that he identified the right target and, and he done both. And I thought in general, coming out maybe contributing a wee bit from open play at the back and um, being an option there and solidly like, don't really think, looking back, but Torbett didn't really get a goal chance at all. So he wasn't tested at that part of his game. But for kickouts alone, I think Gary O'Rourke deserves the, the spot this week. Yeah, can't argue with that, Damien. Yeah, exceptionally good. Okay. Then we'll go into the full back line. A lot of nominations in here, which is great to see. Um, so the nominations are uh, Ronan Trainer from Corn of Fane, Martin Brady from Red Hills, um, Union Henry from Castle Rahan, Michael Gaffney from Den, Kevin McConnell, Beltorbet, John Cassidy from Drung, Killian Murray from Beltorbet, Leon Kobe from Den, Danny Ellis from Arva. Um, any of these names standing out for you? Yeah, look, the three that we went for them in were, were Ewan Henry, Leon Kobe, and Killian Murray. Uh, I saw Le- Ewan firsthand. I spoke about him there a minute ago. Um, he had a fantastic game. And he has he has been playing really well for Castellan. He's he's they're a club that's able to produce defenders, um, ten to the dozen top class defenders, and he's another one. Uh, Leon Kobe, young defender with Dennis, by all accounts was excellent, and Killian Murray as well. Great reports about him against Bally Hayes. Yeah, really top class. I thought both uh, Leon Kobe and, and and Killian Murray for me stood out um, in possession of the ball. Very, very comfortable, but just turnovers, reading the game, tenacious tackling. They, they were nearly mirror images of each other. And and while one was in a very close, low-scoring game in, in Killian Murray's performance, Leon Kobe 
you know, when whenever Kilishandra were trying to put in early ball, Kobe I thought was was exceptional, just out in front reading it, winning his individual battles. So that's all a a, a player in the full back line can do. So well done to uh, Ewan, to Killian, and to Leon. Um, okay, then into the half back line of the Kiko Sports Team of the Week. Again, a lot of nominations in here. Um, we had Mark McSherry from Den, Daniel Carlin, Mahara, Jason Miney, Corner Fane. Uh, Niall Carlin, Cuhullins, Connor Minor, Drumgoon, Michael McEntee, Drung, um, Michael Mundoon from Mahara, Shane Fitzpatrick from Baltorba, Declan McEntee from Drung. Um, the, the games that I saw here, I I thought Michael Mundoon was was very good. Was it was probably him and Ryan Tobin were both exceptionally good for 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 Mahara, but four points from centre half back. Uh, for Muldoon is going to get you onto the team of the week. Um, win or lose, you deserve to be on the team of the week. And there weren't easy points. There were, there were 35, 40 meters out. The majority of them as well. So, um, I thought he he when Maharan needed to push forward, he was the player who was their biggest threat to get the scores as well. Even though he was coming from the half back line, now he he may have been shifted up towards the the middle of the field or the half forward line towards the second half but a really good display for him um, Niall Carlin at centre half back gets to gets the slot here um, a top quality performance from him as always just as you say I'd, I'd kind of say to be a county footballer you need something that you're a 10 out of 10 that, that, that very few have and Niall's ability to get away from a player is that ten out of ten, and it's it, it, it it's it's evident when he plays club football and even county football as well that he has that acceleration. He's comfortable. He's composed. Um, so really good display. I think you were saying by him and Jason Miney gets the other wing half back spot there from Corner Fane, um, for Corner Fane's victory over Ballon McHugh. But again, a solid display by Jason. Yeah, very very solid display by Jason. Laid on the first goal and um, generally wanted that a breaking ball. Drove forward. Uh, now they leaked quite a few scores to the corner fan back line, but it was they were up against a very good forward line, and it was that sort of a free flow and enough game. Um, he also got in a couple of blocks as well. I mentioned there's a lot of blocks in that game, so I was impressed with Jason. Yeah, very good. Okay, in the middle of the field, denominations were Killian Clark from Shercock, uh, five points as Paul said earlier on. David Brady from Bally Hayes coming up with that crucial goal. I think he got a point on top of that as well. Did he? Uh, got two points on top of that, so one two for David Brady, Johnny McCabe from Arva in their victory over Drum Lane, and um, Owen Martin from Templeport. Um, we went with Johnny McCabe from Arva, who had an exceptionally good game. I thought he just bossed the the middle of the field for Arva, but more importantly than that, he he stepped up at the crucial moments when Arva. Sorry, yeah, when Arvin needed scores in, in, in last Wednesday night's junior championship game, um, just to really put the hammer on to Drum Lane, it was Johnny McCabe who was who was grabbing the game with his gruffed neck. He showed serious leadership and ability there. So Johnny McCabe gets one of the midfield slots and then David Brady gets the other one. Pace, power, athleticism, height, good good scoring ability. He's he's a player that I think I'd love to see him back in around the Cavan panel and, and, and you know, while it's going to be very difficult for any player to come in from club football and make a county team, I think if he puts in the time over the next couple of years, we could see David Brady, uh, you know, 
being a really good top quality county senior footballer, but it's not going to be easy. And and I hope he he does put his hand up to to go into a county squad and 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 spend the time getting up to the standard required to be a county footballer because I think he has the natural ability. It's there in him. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think he's serious quality, serious quality, and and starting to show it now in the in this championship as well. And looking forward to watching him for the remainder of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. In the half forward line, then is the sorry, the nominations were Tiernan Riley from Drung, Philip Rogers, Knockbride, Liam Fay from Knockbride, um, Niall Carlin, Shercock, Ushin Kiernan from Den. Niall, Niall Clerken. Sorry, Niall Clerken from Shercock, um, Ushin Kiernan from Den, Ryan Tobin, Mahara, Michael Brady, Bally Hayes, Torlock Mooney from Red Hills, Sean Donahue, Den, Mark Kiernan, Bally McHugh, Killian McGahan, Coot Hill, and Dean Kilkenny from Corner Fane. Um, a lot of quality there, a lot of pace, a lot of scorers. Who do we go for? Three we went for were Liam Fay, not Bride, Niall Clerken, uh, Shercock, and Mark Kiernan, Bally McHugh. Uh, so sorry, Mark's on the 40, the, the way we lined it out. So we're doing it in sort of in lines, same as the All-Stars are done, more so than individual positions. But Liam, Mark and Niall make up the Kiko Sports team of the week, half-forward line, Damien. Yeah, very good uh, half-forward line. They're very unlucky, lads, not not to make it as well. It was very competitive, that half-forward line, because there was an awful lot of good performances around that middle tour of the field. Liam Fay is so powerful for, for a young fellow of his age. like He's not that long out of minor football, only a couple of years, and he's really powerful. Mm. And he's a lot going from. I remember seeing him in a minor final in Breffney and, and I was very impressed with him. But he he's he's one of the physically looks one of the physically most developed lads of his age uh, around. Niall Clerken as well, like we know all about him. Talk about physical qualities, like he's an absolute flyer. Uh, and sometimes shooting isn't the strongest part of his game, but when he's on his game, he he, he can kick fantastic points and he did that the last day. And then Mark Heron, I, I think he's a fantastic player. He's he's an excellent player, he's very consistent. Uh, physically strong, very good in the air, and he's got great feet, and he, he can score. He knows where the posts are, and he got six points there last day. So, and none of them were easy. A couple of those were frees, and they were difficult frees. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to argue with when Mark Kiernan's at, at the top of his game. He has he has all of the ability necessary to 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 be a top top forward and and versatile as well because he can get out into the middle of the field and get involved in in kickouts as well. So. A lot of quality there. Liam Fay, as you said, you know, I remember last year him pushing Enda McCormick off and anybody who knows Enda McCormick, that's not an easy task to do no. to, to push him off. So for a, an 18-year-old at that stage to be able to do a show that he, he had a lot of physical power. So, um, And he has a lot of pace too to match that physical power. So it's a unique um, combination for a youngster to have so we'll we'll uh, definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing see him Liam Fay in the coming weeks, and of course Niall Clerken, as as you mentioned, six points is is going to give you a damn good chance of of getting onto your team of the week. Um, but not always. Those lads who got more than six points didn't make it this week, so it takes more than just a, a impacting on the scoreboard. But as you see from the full forward line, when you get to impact the scoreboard at the very very highest level, you're going to make the team of the week. The nominations for the Kiko Sports. Team of the week in the full forward line were Quivian McGovern from Shannon Gales finishing at 110, Kaelon Riley from Drung, Shane Tynan from Ballamacue, Liam Galligan from Templeport, uh, Thomas Edward Donahue from Den finishing with 16, was it or 15? 
um, one six he finished up with. Conal Shorten finishing with one eleven for Arva. Paul Martin, a really good game for Red Hills. Endo Shea from Muncher Connacht. Craig Mullen, Mount Nugent. Peter Doyle, one three off the bench for Corner Fane. Evan Dowhey, I think he said three points from open play in a very, very close game, an eight pointer. Um, Enda Henry scored six points uh, for Bell Torbett, all coming from freeze, but some of them won himself. Niall McCaffrey for Kill. Uh, Shamrocks and David Egan for Corner Fane. So, again, forward heavy on the nominations, but a lot of big scores going in there. Yeah, yeah. Niall McCarthy got 2 6 in that game. They single handedly almost kept killing the game against Shannon Gales. The three that we went for, it was difficult. But the three that we went for were, were uh, Keevy McGovern at 13, Conal Sheridan at 14, and Liam Galligan at 15. Uh, we scored 1 3, Liam did against Goodhill, including that brilliant, um, brilliantly finished goal. So, I like to look at that full forward like Devin. Plenty of scores in it. And and like Quiver McGovern won ten, but one eight of it coming from open play. Like that's that's really, really impressive score. Yeah, and it was a it was a close enough game. Like it was a five point game. It's not that sometimes you see players putting up a massive score in a in a game where it's t- their team wins by fifteen points, but like take mm. take out uh Kevin's contribution and and uh Shanigans were in big, big trouble there. So, you know, it's great, just great to see him back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colonel Shorten, as you mentioned, one eleven, phenomenal scoring. Um, he hit nine frees in that one eleven, but none of them were that easy. It was difficult conditions down in Bombay last week, and then back to his home in Bombay. Liam Galligan, outstanding display. Um, for their win over Coot Hill. So that means the. Kiko Sports Team of the Week for the first weekend here in the Cavan Club Championships is Gary O'Rourke from Ballyhays in goals, a full back line of Ewan Henry from Castle Rahan, Leon Kobe from Den, and Killian Murray from Beltorbet. In the half back line, it's uh, Michael Muldoon from Mahara, J- or Niall Carlin from Coo Hollands, and Jason Miney from Cornafane. In the middle of the field, David Brady from Ballyhays and Johnny McCabe from Arva. Half forward line is Liam Fay from Knockbride, Mark Kiernan from Ballymacue, and Niall Clerken from Shercock. And a full forward line of Quivian McGovern from Shannon Gales, Conal Shorten from Arva, and Liam Galligan from Temple Porto. Congratulations to the lads um, on making this week's Kiko Sports Team of the Week. The top scorer, the DT1 menswear top scorer of the week, who will receive a €50 voucher for DT1 menswear in Cavan, um, is Conal Shorten with one goal and 11. Phenomenal scoring by uh, Conal there. So he's going to be the first recipient of our our top scorer week one, the DT1's uh, top scorer of the week award. And then for our Cavan Crystal Hotel Player of the Week award, Paul, uh, week one of that, who do we go for? Well, I think it's it's only right that we'd have to pick someone who was on the team of the week. So that narrowed it down to 15. And we went for Kevin McGovern because he had such a good game. He scored 110, but also it was his comeback game, his full comeback championship game. He missed a lot of time out with illness. Uh, and I think most, most or sorry, every football supporter in the county would be just delighted to see Kevin back. Even I was talking to a Red Hills man and, and they were playing Shannon Gales next and it, I said to him, you better, you better tighten up that defence. You're, you're facing a hell of a forward the next day. And he said, looks just brilliant. Brilliant to see Kevin back. And hopefully we'll see him back in the county before too long. So uh, well-deserving, I think, of, of player of the week in week one. But it's going to get tougher now. You've seen your teams evolve from, from this week on forward. So it's going to be getting tougher. Yeah, 
without a doubt. Again, folks, don't forget, and, and congratulations to everybody who uh, won their awards, whether they made the Kiko Sports Team of the Week, the Cavan Crystal uh, Player of the Week in Cuevian McGovern, or the DT1 Menswear. Week one top scorer in Conal Shorten. Um, don't forget to support those local businesses, as well, of course, as Romar Energy, who brings you all of our live commentaries here on We Are Cavan. Um, and of course, Brady's Arva Volkswagen in um, in in Arva, who have um, they're taking orders for their electric range and and the SUV range um, for your twenty twenty two, the second half of twenty twenty two. So there's not too many car companies are, are are taking in orders at the moment. They're they're stalling, but Brady's can get you sorted. And if it's second hand, if it's commercial. If it's a new car, if it's electric, if it's petrol, if it's diesel, they've got it all for you. So uh, don't forget to support Brady's Arva as well. Um, our big, big supporters here on We Are Cavan. And I think that's all the business we have on the McAvoy Super Value GE podcast, Paul. It's been a long one. We told people it was going to be a long one. I hope the tea was nice, a donut maybe, packet of crisps, whatever you had. I hope you enjoyed it. Most importantly, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And again, thanks to McAvoy's Super Value in Virginia. Don't forget to check out all of our previews over on Die Hard's podcast. That's on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin.